Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back old school down at the Scarlet Hotel. We are at the Bard Owl on top of the rooftop patio bar. It is, as you can tell with the background noise, it is jam-packed up in here. They must have a convention, but it's on and popping. Uh, old school with J4 McKinney. Will Height DP is going to come in here a little bit. Brought to you by the Mercado Certified Piedmontese Special Ingredients. Located at 84th and Havelock, the best butcher shop in town. I always say if you need to make sure you have your debit card and credit card right when you go in there because you're going to be spending a lot. It, hey, it's a griller, it's a grilling man's dream or somebody that thinks they can grill. I'm telling you, man. You go in there, I always say, well, I've seen DP look at it. So when you put your hands behind your back, you know you're going to get something because you're really surveying the scene. So uh, we got got a good crowd down here, good, good view, even though it's a cold day outside. It's warm in here with all these people. Kenny, I wanted to ask you this, man. This is the three-year anniversary, unfortunately, of Kobe Bryant passing away. I, I always remember where I was at when I was told. But as we know, football players like to be hoopers. And I'm sure you guys hooped, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who was the best hooper during your time at Nebraska besides yourself? Because I'm going to tell you this. DB, DBs and receivers could hoop. Could hoop. But so we had D. Lyman that could hoop. Okay. Kenny well, Walker. Oh, yeah. And he was crazy athlete. Crazy athlete. Yeah. I mean, physical yeah. specimen. So, breaking yeah. rims breaking and stuff. Rims. Like Shaq attack. Dante Jones. Dwayne Another Harris. Yeah, right. I mean, I see Dwayne Harris one step from the free throw line. Right. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Tommy Frazier was a basketball player. Right. You know what I mean? And then you had those incoming freshmen. Well, in my years, you had Baron Miles, Lorenzo Brinkley. Who could he? Both of them could hoop. Could hoop. Yeah. And go up and get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? People didn't so, yeah, good intramural team. We won it. Yeah. We won it. So, but Ernie Beeler was a safety. He could play. He was yep. from Jersey. Yeah. Of course. Um, and But the big boys. You, you, I was very impressed with how the big boys play basketball. Right. I always tell people, if you're, if you're, if, if in this day and age, if you're running an RPO type of offense, and I remember Urban Meyer talking about Tim Tebow, that if you're, if you're a quarterback, dual threat or whatever you want to call it, you have to be able, to me, you'd have to be able to play basketball. You don't mm-hmm. have to be good, mm-hmm. but I want to see you play because the ability to make quick, snap, quick judgments, handle the ball without looking at you know at your feet and all that stuff that's transferable to the football field and if you can do it on the basketball court in tight spaces because you don't have a big old field no. you definitely can do it on a football field and he to- he was telling a story about Tim Tebow that he went and watched he went for two things and there's also also a funny story about Nick Saban as well is that he wanted to see if he competed in every sport that he did mm-hmm. which obviously Tim Tebow did and he wanted to see how he handled the ball handled the basketball those are two things he looked for. He didn't even worry about your score or nothing. And he said Tim Tebow wasn't a full-time starter. So, you know, he come in and get fouls, rebound, but he played hard and he could handle the ball. The funny thing about it is uh, my two, two daughters live in Charlotte, and they go to Myers Park, who's a pretty good high school in every sport. 
but they had uh, Alabama has a quarterback from their high school. Mm-hmm. So I was down there visiting them, and so I was like, all right, let's just go see some basketball, you know, something different, you know. Well, the starting quarterback is there. Uh, he actually ended up being all-state power forward. Guess who's in the crowd? Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Watching, sitting front row, just watching how he watching how he how he competed, how he was as a teammate, how he moved his feet, and how he can make decisions. We talked about that earlier. I love watching if a kid plays basketball right. in high school, football player that you're recruiting, turn on his basketball fan. Right. You you'll, you'll learn a lot about a kid. Right. Less space. Does he compete? Does can he like contact? Does he like contact? Right. Can he get off the floor? Does he have good quickness? And right. If he's a point guard, can he handle the ball? Leadership skills. Leadership skills. Deal with adversity. Yes. High pressure situations. Uh, will he? Maybe not. Maybe if he's not a really good, skillful basketball player, will he make the right decision under pressure? Is he all about himself? Those are all the things that you can get that we talked about, where you you know you can't really measure a kid's heart Mm-mm. and all that, but you can see it. Or verify what you initially, what you initially thought. thought. Or it can, might turn you off. And I, you know, Zach Weger is going into the College Football Hall of Fame. Zach could hoop. He could hoop. People, you know, he, people didn't realize he could hoop. Matter of fact, I think Zach came on and said he had he was sick his senior year, so they came and watched him play basketball, mm-hmm. and that's how he got recruited. Good athlete. Big de- uh, Buddha Joe Wilkes can hoop. Oh yeah. He could really hoop. Now, now we both know Rob Zadica couldn't hoop. No, he can't play. Now, Rob, Rob, Rob had muscles by the time he was eight years old. He ain't have no jump or nothing, but I'm sure he gets you some boys. He probably said hell of five picks, though. And get you some rebounds. Right. And some fouls, And too. some fouls. Right. Got to use all five of now, them. Brendan Stye, uh, no, no, Brendan Stye, I don't know. No, Brendan Stye, Brendan Stye, he going to foul you, though. Now, Brendan actually played racquetball against me. He's actually got good, pretty oh, good feet. Oh, he got – oh, he had and great good feet. I just don't know if I can see him on the basketball court because he just – I think Brendan back then – when he blow his top, he just tearing everybody up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, but well, we had some athletic kids. Yeah, guys. man. I mean, you had to. You had, you had to. Coach Brown and them came to my basketball game. I mean, that's the. I mean, that's. And I understand it, it's more competitive. Now it is more. This is what I want to ask you. Since it's so competitive, early in their high school careers to get scholarships. You know, where you got to play seven on seven, you got to have trainers, you got to kind of pick your sport and almost pick your position. By the time you're in ninth grade, and sometimes earlier, depends, you know, down in Texas, mm-hmm. they're looking at their sixth, seventh, eighth graders who's going to be the starters. How much does that help somebody to do it, to do to act, to be in that type of, you know, arena? And how much does it hurt players not to be a multi sport athlete? Uh, once they get to college, because do you see a lot of guys that have peaked at high school and then get to college, and you don't see the gradual? Because everybody's worried about development, right? Yes. But if you get it, you know, Jay Foreman, 185, 90 pounds is different leaving at 235 and getting in the weight pro- program, three square meals a day, extra if you're really cool with art and all that type of stuff. Versus if I'm already you tapped at, out, tapped out. Where 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 do you think the the go-between is because you want guys ready to play early because that's what, you know, verifies your recruiting rankings. But then also you want to be able to develop players uh, to end their career better off than when they, when they came in. I always tell people play multiple sports. Right. I like multiple sports, multiple sport athletes, football player, wrestlers. Right. Oh, yeah. Wrestlers. They're borderline crazy. Well, you got to be self-motivated. Yeah. I mean, and And you got to – not eat for a, not day, eat for a and, day and spit all day yeah. and wear, wear them suits and stuff. 
just Sit to make in the same weight. room in the sauna. Right. Just so, be mad at the world. But wrestlers. Yeah. And then basketball players, again, like we said, if you can get off the floor, you right. get good quickness. So I always encourage multiple sport athletes. Right. So you won't just tap out in right. that one sport too early. In, in your opinion, do you think a lot of kids show up closer to their ceiling now uh, coming out of high school because of, you know, trainers and, you know, maxed out almost? I do. Yeah. I think some kids overtrain. Before you know, they get here. Before they get right. here. You can overtrain. Right. You know, you think you need to put on muscle. You think you need to put on weight. It could be bad weight. Oh, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, we've seen it. We've seen it. Yeah. I'm even with transfers. Right, yeah, yeah. Bad way. Yeah. So um, don't rush the process. Right. You know what I mean? I, I didn't have a personal trainer. My uncle was my trainer. Right. He dropped me off at a local right. park. Right, right. So see got, you later. Yeah. I, you have this amount of time to make it back to the house. Right. If you don't, I'm taking you back. You're going to start all over again. Right. So I, I couldn't afford to go to no camps and all that. Right. But in the southern states, football is year-round. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now – in, in, in the Midwest, I know in Missouri, they just started having. Yep, and I think practice. they just started. They're trying to vote on it uh, for Ohio because mm-hmm. uh, I know Bobby Carpenter, which is crazy, where you think it just the state of Ohio, Ohio pretty much funds Ohio State and a little bit of Michigan. Now they're trying to catch up probably because they see the transition that all the national championships are down south and more depth of players. You know, I always wonder, wanted to ask, like, why coaches are so impatient to let a kid kid develop. You know what I mean? Whereas, is it because they don't have a detailed plan or kids won't, I guess, quote-unquote, buy in? Because, you know, like for me, Coach Osborne said, yeah, you can, you know, you're good enough to play or be on the roster. I was like, man, I'm redshirting. I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> but I know I'm redshirting, okay? I don't know what you're thinking. This dude need to redshirt because I ain't never lift weights, and Troy Dumas look a lot different than me. <laughs> so, I am not going out there and wasting a year of my football career when I can sit here and kind of, you know, figure it out. We need more guys to think like that. You can think you're ready. Right. You know what I mean? Like I said, you were the man in high school. Right. I was the man in high school and I was the man in junior college. Right. When I got here, I'm like, nah, yeah. I'm not ready. Much as I thought I was ready. Yeah. You know, buck 70 soaking wet. Right. Five, eight. Right. Nah, I'm not ready. Do you, do you think uh, – so – but then with these kids, um, is it on the coach or the recruiting coordinators to say, hey, this is, this is what we have for you? And if it's detailed enough, I think more kids would, will, yes. will be buy, buy into buy it into versus, it. hey, yeah, if you're good enough. Because here's what I have a problem with. When you tell – if you have 30 recruits and you tell them, well, if you're good enough, we'll play you. Well – they're not going to think, what if I'm not good, good enough? enough? Because they've always He's, been good enough. And a matter of fact, they've be. always been better than everybody. Yes. And any competition that they've ever had to go into, they most likely have came out on top or close to it. So I think if, I think if you really want to try to build, have a developmental type of program, and it's a selling point too Yes. Um, for parents. I'm thinking of, a, you know, if they came in and tried to recruit, you know, me right now with Chuck Foreman, if you have a pamphlet, like a year-by-year year type of deal, I'm like, okay, I see they got a plan for me. They actually are really thinking about my future versus say, hey, you know, yeah, you could play. And I come down here and, you know, if I don't really know the difference between Troy Dumas and myself, I'm doing good in a couple of practices, but he's been doing good for a couple of years. I need to be out there. Well, then, uh, you know what the first reaction is? You lied to me, bump it, I'm in, I'm the, in, portal. I'm in the portal. And that's, you know, I'm at another school. That's, that's that, some 
they want it now. Right. They don't want to work for it. Like you said, you, you came here and Troy Dumas looked like a. It, it, I was like, hey. Yeah. I ain't. He was a defensive end. Defensive end playing linebacker. Linebacker. You know, so that, that's the attitude a lot of kids need to take. Right. But will they do it? You know, you've been told how good you are since you were in eighth grade. Right. Sixth grade. Are you going to make it to the NFL? Right. Never been told no. So your mind is already, oh, I'm warped. better than, it's right. already warped. Right. I'm not saying not to have dreams and goals, but when you get to that next level, there's going to be guys just as good as you, if not better. Right. So you have to look yourself in the mirror, say, hey, do I want to battle it out? Right. And possibly have to redshirt? Or do I want to say I'm better when I know I'm not and then jump in the portal? Right. That's on you. You have to have the right mind frame. But, again, like it goes into the recruiting process. Right. If you're up front with them from day one, right. it shouldn't be a problem. Right. I wanted to also ask you with, uh, you know, we talked about Boodle. We talked about Stahl, um, which a lot, a lot they're doing really good in the NFL right now. One thing I always wanted to ask, which is weird to me, is where guys that still have eligibility. Cam Jurgens is different. Cam Taylor Britt's different. They're second round. They should have went. Where the guys that don't fulfill or – take advantage of all their eligibility turn and go pro some end up being the best case scenario is finding a great spot like stall and mm-hmm. boodle teams that hey you're good enough you can make it but then there's some that where you just you lost the translation now you're now you're out the league why do you think that is considering i know if they came to you you're going to keep it real with them and we both know the age thing doesn't affect them anymore mm-hmm. going into the league because they don't want you around anyways but if you now with NIL, it's you should be more enticed to stay, and you'd be a year older. Yeah, I think kids get bad advice. I I, I really do right. because I've I've had conversations with them dealing with the pro scouts. Sure, you you put their name in, they give you a draft grade, it says first, second, or third round. Right, or it'll say come back. Right, you know what I mean. Right. So, and you'll have agents saying, "Hey, I can get you." Yeah. They're saying this round, that round, this round, that round. Or you'll have family members saying, hey, let's, let's let's do it. Right. You know. So what I've always said, that's between you and your family. Right. I'm going to put it in for you. Here's what they get, tell you. Right. Now you and your family have to make that decision. Right. Who you listen to on that decision, that's between you and. Right. Because you got to live with it. I, or you they got to live with they it. They got to yeah, live yeah, with yeah. it. Yeah. So I've always never told them which one way or the other. I'd say, hey, you probably should come back. Right. And get another year. You know what I mean? You'll get more balls thrown at right. you. You know, you'll It'll get just another year, another of, year playing. of playing. And you're getting paid. If or you NIL. NIL. Right. Yeah. But I ultimately leave it up to them and their yeah. parents. Yeah, I think that if you we could get in, – in some of it, I'm sure if we were winning more games, had gone to a bowl game yes. or something, I'm sure guys would stay around. But I think that we talk, when you talk about some of these kids, they're so, they are short-sighted and they see the NFL. It's like seeing it across this room. It's there. It's so close, but yet so far. But I always ask, I always ask it. Well, you you you've been here for how long? They'd be like, oh, four years. You can't wait another nine months. It ain't going nowhere. NFL ain't going nowhere. No, it ain't. And I think that I mean, I always think about it like you know. I want to ask you this: my rookie year, if I could have a extra senior year, oh, in college mm-hmm. versus being up there in a rookie year and kind of starting over. And with these guys, I'm just thinking, oh, I would. It would be like child's play, wouldn't you think? Well, so you, you say that, and me coming from a junior college, I was a quarterback. Right. 
Right. So you would have wanted another year of, another learn, year of, of playing DB. Playing DB. Right. You know, and my first year playing, I was behind two seniors. Right. And it got cut short because of a knee injury. Right. So you really only played one year. One year. Right. One full year. And that's right. coming off an ACL yeah. of eight months. So another year would have really, really helped me right. if I could have. Right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I think the more tape that you these guys could have doing positive things, especially at a college like Nebraska where there are numerous NIL opportunities, um, it bodes well. Yes. Because there's nothing – you can't repl- – you can go to as many trainers as you want, but you can't replace – playing football on tape and being a being an effective player. You can't do that. And you cuz you can't go get 22 other guys and put pads on no. and then go out there and get evaluation. I I always tell them your resume is what you put on right. film. And if that resume thick, you your stuff is different than somebody else's thing. Yeah. So, you know, you need you need really good film. Right. If you don't have really good film, you can try to put a highlight Right, film together. Right, but, but they're going to do their research. They're going to they're they're do their research, right. and you try to tell them, listen, you don't have enough film. Right, an extra year will, will help you. But again, the decision is made between you and your your folks. Yeah, I mean it's it's. I mean, I always think, what if? What some of the players came back? Would it helped out this year? Would it help them out more importantly? I'm thinking about them, you know, being able to go to the next level, get drafted, because I think that's. You know, it, the biggest thing on the draft is supply and demand. Yes. If there's three corners, it don't matter if you can't play dead. They need corners. You're going up. You're going up. It's just like quarterbacks. they talking about the guy in Kentucky. He had a bad year. Well, there ain't no quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And he looks the part. Yeah. He got to go there. So I think it's one of those things that if these kids would take more of a business approach to it, not just business approach to what I can get from NIL, but what can I do to maximize my second career and that's in the NFL, better decision will be made, better football will be played. Right. Because if you think that you're if you if you come into a season thinking that you're going to the NFL, you ain't invested in you're that season. You're not invested in the season. And you can see it. And and, and me and you know it because we play with guys that hadn't been invested, but we see it because we We're we there. know what they're thinking. Yeah. And it ain't matching up. And, and so That's yeah. why I'm glad Quentin Newsom made the decision right. to come back. Right. With that extra with that yeah. and fulfill his final year right um and we, we you mentioned them earlier cam jurgens and cam taylor Britt. right cam taylor Britt had a not a really good body of work yeah now would he would he have raised his draft status if he came back probably probably but the- but i think for him he was ready ready yeah cam jurgens ready for ready yeah i think that Early injuries in his career yeah. made his decision now, those easy. Are, the, no, those, now, are, those factors are factors I understand. That you have to even with Cam Taylor Britt, you know how much higher could he go? Because you just never know. You never you know. Never know. If you, the grades that they got, they made the right decision. You know, the one thing I'm going to say about Quentin, I remember with being down there and they handed out the black shirts, and he was the only one that didn't get one. I remember we talked to him. I said, "Look, I, I remember I pulled him. I talked to him about 30 minutes. I said, "Look, man, I've been there." I've been the new new guy and kind of been the outcast. You use this as fuel, fuel. and you never forget this. Now you, you right, you can be mad, right? You sh- as you should be because he earned it at, at, at that point in time. And then he took it upon himself. He matured. He, yeah, he was mad, but he never made it about himself. Mm-hmm. And he continued to get better. And then they finally gave him one, 
And I said, it's worth it, huh? And he said, yeah. And he's like, but I ain't never going to forget about it. And now you see him last year take a bigger step in a little bit of a leadership role. And I ran into him a couple times. He's way more mature. Now if he takes that other big step, you see a big year out of him as well. So I'm going to ask you that. Since you mentioned black shirts, when did you get yours? I, I got mine in my freshman year. I was starting as a freshman. Okay. Red shirt freshman. Red shirt freshman. Now, my situation is a little different where Troy Dumas and Clint Brown were seniors, and then I started. I wasn't even on the depth chart. But all them dudes ahead of me, they like to do too much of this, partying and drinking. I'm, I'm in the dorms watching tape. So when I was in the, when I was in the, in the spring, I was on it. And then I, I finally started eating three square meals a day, lifting, and then the rest is history. So your redshirt freshman year, did you get it? I got it at the beginning of the year. Beginning of the year. Yeah. So, but here's the thing. When they did the team defensive poster, they want, ain't put me in there. Because you hadn't earned it. Right. But I was salty, though. It made you hungry. Right. And that's why I was about to fight Mike Minner that day. I was on it, man. Hey, hey, kitty. They used to call me, they used to call me uh, red because when I used to be mad, my face used to get red. I was hot. Bro, I, hey, I got a black shirt and you ain't got me on no poster? Oh, no. Somebody got to pay for this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, somebody got to pay for this. Trust me. I was on one for 12 games straight. That made you hungry. It did. It, and it motivated you. It motivated you. Yeah. It motivated you. So, again, making a switch from offense to defense here, um, I was behind two seniors. Right. Going into the year, after after fall camp, I'm the starting at nickel. Right. Second series of every game, I'm going in. I didn't get my black shirt. Right. Didn't bother me one bit. Made me hungry. Right. Motivated me. First game, interception. Second game, interception. Third game, interception. Well, got to practice. They handed me my black shirt. Right. That's more gratifying to me than knowing I'm being told that I'm a starter. Right. If a team comes out in 10 personnel. Right. And I hadn't played it down. Played it down, yeah. You know Yeah, what I, mean? I get what you're saying. But brother with feelings was hurt, man. I was in my emotions, <laughs> Kenny. You know I ain't really an emotional guy. But, guy, man, I was, I was young. He I was, ain't know any better. I came from nowhere. I wasn't even on the depth chart, man. I came from. I wasn't either. I came from out of space. They like, who this brother from Minnesota <laughs> that knocking kids' heads off? They then, moved me. Yeah. Coach D, well, the only reason I got there is Coach D told me I wasn't good enough to play safety. So I was already mad anyway. Coach Darlington. Because he was talking crazy. I thank him, though. Because every time I make a play, I'll be looking at him. Coach D. He motivated you. Yes, he did, man. That's good. That's good stuff there. We had to do it again. Uh, we're going to go into break. Jay Foreman, Kenny Wilhite down here at the Scarlet Hotel. Barred out. DP's about to step in. I'm going to go peek my head in at the Big Brothers Big Sisters event. 68th and P Street from 5.30 to 7 at the Cosmic Eye. We are out. Watch Old School Live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.